and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond. And I'm Rachel Bethard. And you join us on our 50th weekly episode. Yes, we've done some mini-series during the uh, the lockdown and what have you, but this is our 50th weekly episode. Happy 50th birth. You look very, very good for 50. <laughs> oh, lovely line there, Johnny. Happy 50th to you too. Mm. How are you? Are you good? We're all right, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've got... I'm really excited about today's show. I'm really excited to see some international rugby back at the weekend. There's semi-finals going on down in New Zealand. League rugby going on here as well. So, yeah, yeah, really, really excited about uh, all the rugby that's going on at the moment. What have you been up to? It's half term. You've been doing some camps. Yeah, we've got a couple of camps going on. Um, we're still in training, even though the internationals are away this week. Um, so, yeah, pretty busy week, even though it's half term. That's when my kind of week's come alive. And Harlequins, got a little bit wet, did you? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the weather conditions that I quite like playing in. Um, for those of you who know, playing at Surrey Sports Park, it is a ridiculous gale up there. Even when it's not windy, it manages to find you. Um, so yeah, it was a little bit wet, a little bit um, damp, but uh, managed to get the wind and that's what's important. We will get into that a little bit later on, but we have got, as I say, a packed show for you. We've got Ireland International, Lindsay Pete. We have got Welsh international Shona Powell Hughes. And without further ado, to react to England, of course, winning the Six Nations Championship over the weekend with a one round to spare. Now, this weekend, of course, going for the Grand Slam against Italy. Let's get Simon Middleton straight on the pod. Yeah, absolutely delighted to be joined by Simon Middleton. Uh, Stuart, as I affectionately know him as. <laughs> things that stick mate <laughs> uh, so first thing you've got to say how are you um, everyone fitting well your end yeah all good uh, you know in, in these challenging times uh, I think everybody's certainly from a family point of view everybody's healthy at the moment which is good and from a squad point of view we look pretty pretty healthy certainly from a Covid point of view anyway we've uh, with a few bumps and bruises, and we're missing a few players, but uh, uh, we've we've got those to look forward to coming back when they do. Great. My first thing I must say is is, is congratulations. Another Six Nations title, uh, record sixteenth title, potential back to back Grand Slams. Must be a very very happy chappy. But how much does it change the the mindset going into this weekend? No, no, you've won the tournament. It's is that. I mean, I hate to use the word complacency because I know you and I know the squad reasonably well. So I know that I won't come into it. But but, but is that a, a, a challenge that's come into this week's preparation? No, I, I don't think so. To be honest, I, I don't think you know, winning it or, or getting any news this week in terms of other results would, would have affected what, what we're going to, to do in Italy or what we're going to attempt to do in Italy. Because we've, we've had sort of six weeks of prep and we've probably had six months of off-field prep where we've talked about what we want our game to look like and we've we've analysed it to the nth degree and we've talked about what we want to keep from from where we were and what we want to introduce and we've based our, a lot of our training around it. So we've got a really clear picture of how we want to play this weekend or, or certainly the, the manner in which we want to play. And I think regardless of what, what was going to be on the line, we would have, we would have played the way we're going to play. And how are you going to play? Uh, uh, well, I can't tell you that. I'll give it again. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, we've, we, we've, we've worked on uh, really developing... We, we swapped out our training 
principles around a little bit, our training methods, uh, in terms of what one of the things I wanted to do, I wanted to get more of our conditioning, on-field conditioning related to our decision-making and how we play the game, make it more game real. So we've we shifted loads of stuff onto the field that we've probably previous do, previously done in the gym, on the track and stuff like that. And, uh, so our sessions have way way more high energy sessions way more physical than they've been before and that's what that's what we want to see first and foremost uh at the weekend we, we want to play a real high intensity game but a smart game our principles of play still remain the same in terms of you know you've got to play in the right areas of the field you've got to play in the pressure zones but when we're on the ball and when we're not on the ball uh be it you know be it, Attacking phase play or defensive kick kick sprint, uh, we're going we're to have a lot of energy about us. We expect to see a lot of energy about us and, and a real physical output, and, and that'll be a, a huge focus for us this this week. Well, just just dropping in the box now is the squad um, to to go over to Italy. Um, obviously, the 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 big omission there is, is is Sarah Hunter. She I know she started the weekend. She. She's picked up something there. So we all cross missing. I know through through injury as well. You know, we we got a whole list that that could have come into the frame. You know, you got Anna Bottomman who's still coming back from from a bit of injury. Uh, you got Kath O'Donnell, uh, and then obviously you got like you say you've got Suns and and uh, yeah, we we got a few on, on the touchline at the moment, but we have got a few fit as well that 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 are there simply because of the the strength and depth that we've got, which uh, you know I'm not ashamed to say it's, we would be focusing on it, working on it for a long time. Uh, the return of the, the the players from the sevens program, you know, which is you know, it's really, it's really sad what's happened with the sevens and, and how that's had to go at this moment in time. But you know, there's for for every negative, you've got to find a positive, and the positive for the 15 side of of our game is that we've got you know a dozen real high quality players back into the program, which you know adds strength to the AP 15s, but also adds unbelievable strength to, to our, our programme, you know, and it's not just the backs, you know, we get Alex Matthews back, who's a world-class player, we get, we get Abby Burton, who's potential to be a world-class player, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's like anything, it adds, it adds great competition uh, and it allows us to train at a real high, high intensity, so yeah, you know, a few missing through injury, a few just waiting their turn for, for France, which they'll get, uh, and, uh, and we've still managed to put a pretty decent team on the park. Yeah, well, you, you mentioned Alex Matthew there, who has, has been ripping up um, ripping up trees in the Alliance Premier 15s. Ellie Kildunz in that squad as well. wonder whether she, I'm not going to force you on it, but um, yeah, it'd be, be, be great to see her in, a, in the starting 15 shirt. She's been she's been doing some some great stuff for Wasps. How, how are you going to approach then amidst the, these, what, three games at Italy and then in France back-to-back? Are we going to see some rotation with sort of that eye over the horizon to, to New Zealand next year in the World Cup? Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, I sat, sat through, on before we left camp on uh, last Wednesday, I sat and went through the principles of selection with the squad so everybody's got a clear picture and you know, a couple of things were, it's very unlikely everybody, anybody will start in every game. It's very unlikely that anybody will feature in every game. So, yeah, we'll be having a look at the squad through this. You know, I think by this point, given what we, we were hoping to have had under our belt uh, with games through the summer and whatnot, uh, and and notwithstanding what, what we what we didn't expect to happen with the sevens program, we, we probably thought we'd have been a bit more settled with our squad now, and, and uh, you know, and we'd probably be not fine tuning, but but selling it down a little bit. But that's not the case. 
the flip side is we've got so much talent on the table. We, we've got to assess it pretty quick and find out, you know, who's where, uh, which we've got a pretty good uh, uh, sort of idea of individually, but, but who plays well together? You know, what's the cohesion of the side like and, and, and what, what permutations can we use? So I just can't wait to, to, to get going over the next, you know, next three weeks, four weeks. Uh, but yeah, there'll be, there'll be a lot of changes across the three games and, and people will get a shot and it's up to them to put their hand up. Two questions just to, to, to finish off finally. Who, who from that, that squad that's been announced this morning, who are you most looking forward to seeing play? All right, or right, I'll open it up slightly to take the last pressure off you. What combination, potential combination, are you looking forward to seeing play? Uh, I, I think the back three. You've got to look at the back three because, uh, you know, Ellie Kildun, I'll be down with Jess Bridge quite sharp. But then, you know, we, we've got players like uh, Lydia Thompson and Sarah McKenna to, you know, still to come back in. Uh, so, you know, we, 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 we're capable of putting a really exciting back three on the table at any time. I think uh, good to see Sarah Beckett at eight, see how she goes at eight. I think that's a, you know, she, she's been absolutely outstanding for Queens for a couple of seasons now and fantastic player, you know, rugby family through and through. And you can see incredibly intelligent rugby player, you know, got some real grit about her uh, and, and, you know, tells me she's the best eight in the world. So she's got to go and have a look. And and the other one is uh, Moena Tallinn, who we brought into the second row, uh, who just typifies everything that we're trying to build our game around at the moment. You know, she's high intensity, she's physical, her energy levels are f- fantastic. Uh, you know, she's, she's smashing the GPS numbers out of the park every time we train. Uh, and for a kid who's just turned 18, uh, plays with absolutely no fear, and she was previously she's second row now, but she was a ten, so she got great ball skills, you know. So she was like uh, just incredible for Loughborough over the last season. Uh, yeah. I went and watched the first game of the season last year, and the first time I clapped eyes on her, I was with Richard Blaze, and I was like, "Who is that?" And then I had a voice from behind me went, "Oh, that's my winner, Tallinn." Turned around, and I was like, "Oh, you must be a dad." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we had a chat about where she come from. Uh, and, and and then I've kept eyes on her and just wanted to get her into the squad and see what she was like. And she's been she's been fantastic. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to her play. But you know, we we Abby, Abby Ward as she is now. Abby Ward's back from injury. Packers back from injury. You know, she's been smashing it out in, in trading. You know, Marley's like so she can't wait yep. to get going. Uh, and 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 just conversations I had with a few players. Uh, you know, through lockdown and everything, this is a, the hunger within the players is great. I had some great conversations with the likes of, you know, Vicky Cornborough and Sarah Byrne, and you know, just just in terms of the recognizing the the competition they're up against. You know, with with Shauna and and Hannah, uh, and just how everybody's so keen to to raise the game. Uh, and then obviously, you know, a couple of the the, the girls will come up from the sevens program. You're coming off coming off the bench, the finishers. You know, with, with Alex Matthews. Uh, and uh, Ellen, Eleanor Rowland, and it goes on, doesn't it? You know, uh, Claudia, Claudia McDonald's been playing great for Wasps. Uh, you know, they, unfortunately, they missed the first game, but the, the second two games, she looked really sharp, she looked good in training. So, yeah, I think Miller Mills back. Mate, I mean, you've done brilliantly to narrow it down to one, as I asked. So, um, <laughs> I think you've named all yeah. 25 there. Um, but no, look, I, you, what, what ambassador riches that you have at your disposal. What constitutes success against Italy? 
I think definitely reflecting our training, that will constitute success. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't sacrifice that for the result. Well, I want the result, we want the grand slam, we want battle. That's, that's, that's absolutely key for us. But when we look at how we play, it needs to reflect how we train. So the intensity, the physicality that we play with and the pressure we put Italy under, the consistent pressure we put Italy under, uh, will be will be the thing we judge our performance on more than anything. And, it, and if... Oh, sorry, I, I said that was the last question, but um, you know what I'm like. Um, <laughs> this is the final one. Just how, how important is that? Is that mentally... It's a big game. It, you know, Italy you know, reasonably well against Ireland. If they could finish, it may well have been a, a different different result. Uh, with how physical they are, they've got some 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 good players and some key positions. So, so there's that pressure, and it's pressure to win that Grand Slam uh, under a year to the World Cup. That's a really really good psychological pressure game, isn't it? To to get over as well. That that's going to be a, a real filler as well. Yeah, it is. I mean, first and foremost, the Grand Slam itself, you know, the tournament itself is, is, is a massive tournament. So so if we can nail another Grand Slam, that'll be absolutely fantastic. And, you, you, you know, and you're right to point out the fact that I, I think over the, over the course of this weekend, Italy are the best side I've seen. I thought they were outstanding against, against uh, Ireland. Uh, played some great continuity. Like you say, they probably just missed a, missed a couple of chances and, and, and didn't convert some of the possession they had. But we know if Italy in Italy are twice the side that they are on the road anyway. So we, we, it will be a very tough game. There's absolutely no doubt whatsoever, you know. And that's why when I look, you know you look at the squad, there's a lot of experience in that squad. We've, we've come through a, a, a bit of inexperienced players. You know, I said it before. I think to you, you know, big game, you roll the big guns out. You know, now we've got a lot of big guns, but a lot of them are in that side, and they're in that side for a reason. Uh, you know, because it's going to be a really tough game. So, uh, you know, yeah, to get the win would be fantastic. Uh, to, how much does it count for going forward? Well, it gives you confidence. Uh, but I think that the, what the performance is like behind it is, is really important for us because that's, that's what ultimately what you look at and go, right, where, where are we? Where are we in terms of where we want to be, you know? But I think the, the, the real key bit and one of the lessons we learned about 2017 was you, you, can, you can win a Grand Slam and World Cup year and you can win all your games. But you've got to be ready for the big game uh, and you've got to have everything left in the tank that you need for the big game. We didn't quite have what we needed. Uh, so if we, you know, if we, if we few stumbles this year, it won't, you know, won't phase us because it's, it's not about that. It's about being ready for, for New Zealand in September and October and uh, making sure you know, our key folks will be on, on, on getting our preparation right, both physically, uh, tactically, and, and then the mental bit should fall, in a, should fall in place in terms of the playing bit. And there's quite a bit still to do on that in terms of it's a long way away and it's a long way from home and there's some work to do on that. But, uh, yeah, just getting the preparation taper right is the key bit. Mids, I know you've got another call to get on to and, and obviously a, a, a busy week. Many, many congratulations on a, on another Six Nations title. Pop that, slide that back into the into the CV. And, and as a as a fan, um, yeah, fingers crossed for for a grand slam at the weekend. But uh, as ever, thank you so much for for being so generous with your time. Always a pleasure to speak to you. No problem. All oh, great to chat. I'm Emily Scarrett, and you are listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Uh, good to hear from uh, Simon Middleton. Their birth. Difficult one, isn't it, mentally, 
or, or perhaps it's not. You know, the fact you know you've won the tournament already. Is there that burning motivation there, or, or is a grandstand a, a big enough carrot? Yeah, I mean, all those players. I mean, they've been desperate to get back playing, and the opportunity to play at club, and now to pull on the the red rose shirt. They they don't need anything to be dangled in front of them. They're all going to be hundred percent focused about going out and putting in a performance. That's what England's all about. Is you know, we want to come away with a win, but every time they take that field, they want to get better. So they'll look back at their last game, um, which, God, was that Wales, I think? Um, or maybe Ireland back in February or March. They'll want to look at that and make sure that they've come on from there, you know, going into a really big year. So they'll be focused on getting their processes right and have a few new combinations in. So bringing some play- new players in, or should I say, Old players from the sevens potentially in that selection lineup, um, but yeah, look, every single player is going to be absolutely chomping at the bit to go for a grand slam. Even though they have won the Six Nations, they're still going to want to put out a great performance and really finish on a high. How, how much of an eye berth is is on the bigger picture of you know we're what we're eleven months away from a World Cup? It, it, any of the coaches are just slightly over the horizon at that or literally focused on on Italy at the weekend? No, I think you've got to have the bigger picture in mind. I think what the coaches will do will have their players thinking one game at a time. But as a coach, you need to be thinking long-term, looking at combinations that might occur. You need to be thinking about your, your game management, your processes, how things are working and they're not working. Because I think if you just stay in the moment, then, you know, sometimes you don't see what things might be going well, but also what things might be going wrong that you need to adjust and change. So the coaches, and even as players, you know, they're all thinking about that World Cup. They all want to be a part of it. So they're constantly, every time they take the field, they're going to want to put their best foot forward in order to be part of that World Cup and you know with the World um, Cup uh, announcement about the pools coming out and later next month you know things are starting to get exciting about it there's more talk about it Um, but players and coaches will will always reiterate that you know one game at a time but that's one game that you keep building towards the World Cup. Come on then let's have your starting 15. My starting 15? Right on the spot. Well, I'll tell you what, they, yeah, they've got such a headache, a really, really good headache. We know that some of the sevens girls have come back into play. And when we say sevens girls, these are girls that have played both sevens and fifteens. They grew up playing fifteens. And um, so it's not like they're new into the 15 aside game. But oh, there's so many players that are, are up for selection that you just don't know what way to go. Um, let's start, let's think, start from row, shall we? Okay, yeah, we'll start there. Front row, I'm going to back my Queen's front row. So, Shauna, Amy Cocaine, Vic Cornborough, an absolute handful um, around the park. And, you know, what they do at scrum time is, I think, is pretty good as well. Um, so, this is where it gets quite challenging um, in the back row and second row. I think Abby Ward will always uh, be a starter on the pitch. But with Zoe Allcroft out, it leaves a bit of a, a hole there and who's going to fill it. And then you look at the the kind of the players you've got at back row, you need one of them to kind of play that second row so you can get all the other ones involved. So I would put Poppy Cleo at second row as well, just because she has experience there. She's versatile, so she can move into the back row as well. Um, and then my back row, you know, you're looking at Sarah Beckett was outstanding at the weekend um, and really does deserve to be starting. 
Um, seven, Marley Packer, you never get... There's just not another seven like her at the moment, and I don't think that we're seeing one coming through the ranks. So Marley Packer will always be my starting seven. But, like, where I want Alex Matthews in there, and it's the glimpses that you've seen of her from the, the Allianz... Premier 15, some video footage that's come out, knowing the type of player that she is and knowing how world-class she is, I, you know, totally expect her to be in that side, hopefully somewhere. Um, Leanne Riley or Mo Hunt, it's really difficult. Leanne's not had much game time, so based on that, I'd probably go with Mo. Um, fly half, Casey Dane McLean, although I'd like to see Helen Rowland get a shot as well, get an opportunity to play there. Your um, centres, I think you can't look past Emily Scarrett at 13. Hopefully she's fit. We obviously haven't seen her run out in a club shirt yet. Um, Amber Reed's been playing well for Bristol. Um, kind of real solid player there. But Meg Jones is back on the scene, so we could see a Meg Jones in there. Or Lange, we could see a return of Lange. Um, wings, God. I mean, I'm not really giving you a straight 15, am I? But I'd love to see Lydia Thompson and Jess Breach on the wings. Um, and Ellie Kildan has been lighting up from the backfield with, with the absence of Sarah McKenna, who's been, you know, such a solid rock for the England side over the last few years. Um, Ellie Kildan gets will get an opportunity there. Yeah, I think Lydia Thompson only came back last weekend from injury. So whether he, yeah. whether she's... She's match sharp enough, so yeah, I guess Abby Dow, Abby Dow would slot straight in there, wouldn't she? So, yeah, nice. We will see if your crystal ball is working, Berth. <laughs> well, look, and look, there's players there that are injured that would be in the mix. You know, I mentioned McKenna, you know, Hannah Bottomman, and Zoe Coflito. Um, so he's got a headache with a whole group of players out as well. There's Berth's England 15. For the Grand Sam game against Italy, I just wanted to get your thoughts, Berth, on that, um, yeah, really, really impressive result for Scotland. Yeah, let's let's keep our feet on the ground. It is it is a draw, but, yeah, being heralded as, as their best result for, what, say, some 10 years, I think they'll be more encouraged by the performance than possibly the result for the reason that, they stuck in there and it's something that they've they've wanted to do for a long time. Yeah, no, I was really impressed with them. I think, as you just highlighted there, they're always talking about that 80-minute that performance and going from the start to the finish. And I think they did that. I think they kept the pressure on the whole time. They never let up. Um, you know, they chased down every ball. They, they dived on every loose ball. And there, there was lots of mistakes from both teams. But, you know... The teams always come out on top or seem to come out on top, but the ones that just react quicker to mistakes. And it felt that, you know, Scotland were just all over them on the kick. Like they would kick and the chase on it would, just, you know, tremule, um, dropping the ball in the backfield. It's just, it's those kind of things are unheard of, but they're from the pressure that Scotland put on. I think the other area was really impressive was just how they managed pressure times. There was a lot of opportunities that France were into Scotland's 22. And we know how strong France's driving line-out can be, and even their set-piece scrum. But Scotland hung in there, and they didn't give up. They didn't sit back and, and think, you know, like everybody probably was watching, that there was going to be a full-blown conclusion that they're about to score, or this is going to be a pushover. They managed those areas really well. They pressured them. They cleared their lines. They got out of those... You know, we call it the red zone. They got out of their red zone in that 22 where it's kind of danger. 
And they just kept that on for 80 minutes. And, you know, some unbelievable performances. Jay Conkle, obviously, winning player of the match, you know, setting up that last try, which, you know, sealed the, the draw for them. But, you know, some of the other players, like Hannah Smith in, in the outside centre, I thought played really well. Um, the number 10 played brilliantly, really managed the game around the pitch. And I think, you know, this is so exciting to see Scotland perform like that against France. Now, France didn't play particularly well. There was a lot of mistakes. But you can only you can only play the team that's in front of you. And, and you know, they turned up and it felt almost like that it was going to happen for them. And they thought, oh, we'll get a chance and we'll do our driving line out and we're getting the right areas of the field. But, you know, Scotland just kept turning that pressure around. And, I, and that's probably the two pleasing things for me is that they managed the game really well. And, you know, they played strong rugby for 80 minutes, which is something that Scotland have been thriving to get to. And I, I know it's a draw, and I know it doesn't mean they've won the Six Nations um, or maybe even finished where they want to finish in the Six Nations, but we all know how important these qualifiers are that are coming up. And something like this game against France, who are the top four in the world, top three in the world, when we're talking about England, New Zealand, France, when you draw against a side like that, that does so much for your confidence, for your boost morale in, in, in the team. All it does is give you more hunger at the fact that you're you're within touching distance of one of the top three. The big thing about what's coming now is can they back it up this week? Can they can they put in another performance? Can they perform strongly? You know, yes, they will want to win, but can the performance be as good as what it was last week or better? That'll be the telling side of, of the team. Yeah, I, I, I just want to add... I... I think you're absolutely spot on as you more often than not are birth. Um, but uh, I, I think because I'm, I'm a big, big one for the, for the psychological element of, of the game. Um, I just, it's just not enough put importance is put on it, but years gone by Scotland crumble at that point at the 60, 70 minute mark and France gone to win the game. We, we said it was a good time to play France. They'd have a bit of a gap and what have you, tend to start a little bit cold, travel, all that kind of cliches about France, but, but tend to be true. But that try right at the death uh, from Rachel Scacklin on her debut, unbelievable conversion from Helen Nelson, real, real steel in the veins to, to get that one, but the hands from Conkle. But they, they, they stayed in the fight, and actually that mentally saying, we, we can do it, and we can do it against the best, as you've said, I, I think is going to, because we we felt that they're building, you know. Shaben Road did some good stuff. Goose and you know, Brian Eason um, doing some really good stuff. So we we, we felt they're building, and yeah, that that they, they are. That was a, a real pivotal moment for this for this Scotland here. I think we, we we both feel that. I think you know if we when we spoke to Jade Conkell last time, they had just played England, and they actually stayed in the fight of England. Remember, it was quite tight at half time, and then it was that last twenty minute period that you know the strength and depth that England have. They just opened up. And that's probably what you would have expected from France. Um, so the fact that, you know, in these seven months of um, coronavirus and lockdown, they've actually gone away and they've managed to keep that momentum, as you're saying, and actually go that next level. So I'm really excited to see how they can then back it up this weekend. Absolutely. Well, Jay Conkle was player of the match last week because, I mean, obviously she came on the pod. And presumably <laughs> then our next guest will be player of the match in the international this weekend. Uh, because she's on the pod. So let's get Shona Powell Hughes on. Well, we quite often say that we have uh, friends of the uh, of the pod. Uh, but this morning, we truly do have one of our, our, our great friends, the lady who came 
on our live show all those months ago. What, eight months ago, our, our live show. And she went down an absolute storm. She is a superstar on the field and off the field. Gloucester Hartbury and Wales, Shona Powell-Hughes. Good morning, Woo-hoo! Shona. Hi, guys. You okay? Good, how are you? Oh, so excited to see your faces. <laughs> oh, bless you. Now, you've been having a, an interesting time. You've been on furlough for about 14 years now. Is that is that about right? Let me work the day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but an interesting time with you, not not uh, not what not working away. What have you been doing to fill your time? Um, not sure we've got a long enough pod. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, it's just trying to keep yourself sane, really, and uh, not letting things affect you. It's the uncontrollable, isn't it? So. Living in a flat, I haven't had a garden, so I've had to venture outside, um, which has probably helped my knees out a little bit by doing some running, because I managed to lose a little bit of weight, so um, and stopped myself eating really. Yeah, you've Good. actually smashed it, haven't you? Like in terms of your running distance and a few those few kgs that you've knocked off. Give us a little. Yeah. yeah. So um, obviously, before going into lockdown, um, I probably spent about maybe two years out of a program. Uh, where you had discipline and you know you you sort of knew your steering and what not to do and what to do and I I just think I um I fell off the bandwagon a little bit just with that disciplinary and finding myself of who I was because when you have something taken away from you you kind of lose who you are so um yeah you know lockdown COVID's been amazing to me in that uh, respect of actually mindset building myself back up and knowing what I want to do when uh, going out and doing it. So, yeah, pretty happy, really. And, and you're in a good, good place yeah, in, terms, in terms of that rugby. That, that's obviously pushed through. You're, you're back in the side for Gloucester Hartbury, back in the Wales squad. You must be absolutely delighted that, um, as you say, you, you got back on the horse and, and, and the rewards are coming. Yeah, I think, you know, you just got to be honest with yourself. You know yourself um, when you're not happy. And I think instead of just allowing yourself to get into that rut, you've just got to find a way out and... You know, whether that's reaching out or actually just seeing yourself with. And I think for, you know, you know yourself, Biff, you know, you've got past players that have been in a programme. And, you know, as soon as you come out with somewhere, you lose kind of who you are and the people around you. So, um, yeah, I'm in a great place and I'm ready to go again. So it's amazing to see. And you can clearly see you've got the Welsh passion because you've got two shirts there hanging up behind you. I, I, I kind of expected you, though, to be in full kit. Um, full playing kit. Friday night when I messaged you, you were just sitting on your couch in your full rugby playing kit as if you were going to run out and play for Wales. What happens behind closed doors should stay there, Biff. So, <laughs> one time oh, I'm going to share a photo of it, I'm going to tell everyone. <laughs> I'm so excited now, you know, into that rugby spirit. Um, I can't say I always casually sit there on my sofa in my wash kit, but we come back from training. Hence the attire, but um, no, it's great to see some rugby back on the screens. And uh, so, so, what is um, international training look like for you? Like, so are you in at the weekends, a couple of days a week? What does that look like? Um, yeah, we've we've been back in the squad now um, a couple of days a week. Obviously, it's been quite tough to sort of. You know, it doesn't look like it used to look. So we've all been put into groups, and then you know, lately we're getting our COVID sort of tests. So. Um, is keeping us safe and preparing us. So I think a lot of the girls have gone away and worked really hard during COVID because it's allowed us to be sort of um, 
an international, like a full-time one, um, without all, obviously everything that goes with it. But um, yeah, the girls are looking in great shape. Um, they're mentally prepared, uh, obviously, and we're back in camp now together. So it's really great to actually be as one. We've still got our social distances to abide by. So um, yeah, I guess like COVID has actually allowed them to be a full-time athlete in a way. Yeah, like hundred percent. You know, just having that recovery time and having that sort of um, downtime. You know, you do your training then you, you, you're working around that. So it's been quite nice. And uh, in a weird way, we have been a sort of full-time athletes uh, within ourselves. So, um, yeah. And how are things looking for this weekend? Everybody's super excited to get back out? Yeah, you, you know, you, you can tell it's selection week. Everybody's a little bit nervous. You know, it's the first one back. Everyone wants it. So, um, yeah, the girls are putting themselves out there. We've got some great girls in there. And... Um, It'd be interesting to see at the end of the week, uh, you know. Did you have? Do you have like a bit of a? Do you have an internal game at all? So you go head to head against one another, or is it all based on just the training sessions? Um, if you're playing in the English um, Alliance Premiership, then from footage from that. Yeah, well, a lot of us have. Um, you know, a lot of us are in the sort of English Prem now. Um, there's only probably a few handfuls that uh, are not currently playing. So. Um, there's been a lot of footage, you know, training, working hard behind the scenes that, um, you know, we've had continuous support from the Welsh Rugby Union in regards to our strength and conditioning, um, you know, our sort of on-feet conditioning, off-feet, like posting them, making sure that we're doing it. So overall, you know, our sort of attitude and what we've done during lockdown has been watched closely. Um, obviously, with our performances as well in the English Prem, it gets them to give us a look at, you know, how we're looking make sure we're there and, um, you know, Scotland are one game ahead of us because they've managed to have a, like an international game last weekend. So um, they're going to be buzzing, but I think we're also buzzing as well to to see where we are as a group. It's really an interesting comment because for a number of years, we would never play like England would never play New Zealand, only at a World Cup. And you actually, you start getting this kind of feeling that oh you can't play against them or they're way too good or to so being able to play week in week out against players that you're going to play in an international shirt just crushes that kind of illusion or that aura and so then all it does is go well actually showing how how huge plays against Sarah Hunter I could do that in an international shirt as well and it, it just it allows players mentally to go to a completely different level I think. Shona did you did you watch the, the Scotland game at the weekend obviously a really really good result for them we suspected it might be a good time to play France quite often start slowly but um, yeah some real real grit and determination there what did you make of them? Yeah do you know what I thought fair, fair play to Scotland you know yeah. come out from the underdogs there you know it happens a lot in rugby Teams, you know, the teams that don't normally perform are, are world class at the moment. You know, they come under and they show what they're about. And I just think they got they sort of got like um, pushed out as if they weren't going to win that match. And I think they, you know, they just showed great. It was great work for them, really. They ruled them out and they just showed that anything can go on the day. I think also it showed like we've had Jake Conkle on before, before last week as well. And all they ever talk about is like an 80 minute performance. And I think they literally kept the foot on the throttle for the whole 80. Like there was times where, you know, France got into their 22 and you thought, oh, here we go. Line out, push over. But they managed it so well and just played, like got the ball out of the area and then applied the pressure back, which is, I think, a big contrast to what you've seen from Scotland before that were crumbling those moments. And then it kind of has a knock-on effect for the rest of the match. But 
they I thought that the their game management and how they turned those pressure points was something that we haven't seen before. So um yeah, genuinely really impressed with them. And you know, going back to your comment, Beth, about um players, you know, Jade's been playing in the English Prem for a while as well. And it just goes to show, you know, she's she's grown. She's grown as a player and she's really become sort of that, that epiphany for um Scotland rugby. So you know, hopefully with many people in that scenario, we're going to have a lot more, especially from Wales. I think that Allianz Premiership 15s is doing wonders for the international game. I think it's great that we're, we've got so many other internationals playing because ultimately we want World Cups to be really competitive. We want the Six Nations to be really competitive. We don't want full-blown conclusions right from the start of the series. And I think that the English Premiership League is doing that. Um, and the more more players we come over to make it stronger, make the depth. I know we, we want to develop English players, but all in all, it's, it's making such a difference to, to the game as a whole. Yeah, 100%. But you also want that competition. So you do want to develop English players because it's an English brand, but also you want them to be the best and thrive and push. So if you've got someone on the back tail from another country that's pushing them, then... You know, it's winning all around. Totally agree. So what does the rest of the week look like for, for you now, Shona? And potentially going up against Jade Conkle at the weekend. What's, what does it look like between now? What are we, Tuesday morning now? What, what does it look like between now and, uh, and the weekend's game? Yeah, I think, well, this week is an important week because obviously we want, we want this game to go ahead. And, you know, there's a lot of COVID um, sort of games have been called off through it. So um, it's individually now as players, we need to sort of be um, careful of this week, what we do, who we're around, you know, making sure that we are um, following the rules, um, being really safe, because it's not just about us or what we do is the people around us. So, you know, even going into a supermarket, do you really need to go? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we've had our COVID test on Monday, which will come back Wednesday. So um, we'll see from that, then we can manage it to make sure we are all safe and then we can push on into our training into that um, international on, on the weekend. So we're back in training on Thursday. Um and obviously we'll do our we'll do some stuff ourselves then at the start of the week. So girls are really pumped. Had training last night, so um, ready to go. We we launched last week. Um, I know you're an avid listener, so you would you'd know yourself. But uh, a little feature called Community Corner, where just trying to connect with the community again. We can't always interview such high flyers like yourself all the time. Um, it's good to, to connect with the with the community game as well. We had a message. From the community, which actually involved yourself. This is a message from Hannah. We plays for Wrexham and Valkyries. Oh, Hannah. Oh, you see, already she said, just wanted to say what uh, an inspiration you've been. You've met at a uh, sevens tournament between the, the four regions. Thank you so much. Absolutely delighted to see you back in the uh, in the Premier 15s. Delighted to see you back in the Welsh squad. Hopefully you get a, a start of the weekend. And absolutely lovely to, to have you back on the pod. And as soon as we get a live date in, you'll be first on the invite list. I am in. Might need to extend it, though, because I don't know how long I'll talk for. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thanks so much for having me, guys. And obviously, stay safe and keep smiling. I know it's tough times, but we're all in this together. So you're never alone. Give us a call. Thanks, Shona. Good luck this weekend with selection. Thank you. See you soon. Cheers. I'm Lisa Burgess, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. So let's bring you all the news from around the Oval World. Just a quick recap on those Six Nations results. Ireland beat Italy 21-7. 
Claire Malloy, 70th cap, like she's never been away. Pair of the match, normal service resumed. Uh, and of course, we spoke about that uh, stunning draw between Scotland and France, 13 points all. Tip of the hat to Jay Conkle and of course, Rachel Scanklin as well, that try on her debut. And Helen Nelson, what a conversion. So the fixtures for this weekend in the Women's Six Nations are as follows, Berth. France v Ireland in Dublin, um, 1.30 kick-off. What an amazing act of rugby solidarity that is. The French players staying over here because the Irish players would have to gone over, isolate for two weeks, da, 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 because they're not considered an elite sport, their own national team. Um, let's not get into that right now. But yeah, brilliant from the from the French ladies. Chapeau. I suppose we should say for that one. Uh, and of course, Wales against Scotland at the Cardiff City Stadium at quarter past four. And the weekend of round five is rounded off with... England versus Italy. And you know England are going for that Grand Slam win. That's over in Parma at 5pm, live on Sky Sports and also on the Facebook page. Indeedy, so it is. Uh, staying in England, the results from the Alliance Premier 15s. Loughborough came through down at Bristol, 12 points to five. Tough that, by all accounts, especially that first 40 minutes, Berth. Yeah, I think, you know, both teams, I I would have tipped it to be a bit of um, Loughborough to push it a little bit more. But it sounds like, you know, there was a lot of heart from the Bristol team that just defended and defended and worked really hard. Uh, By all accounts, Amber Reid had a really good game. Um, controlling her her side of things, so I think, yeah, I think that's quite a, a fair representation of a result, really. Um, we know that Loughborough missing a very key individual that can make a hell of a lot of a difference to the side in Emily Scarrett. So, um, I think Bristol will be um, pleased to, to come away with some a losing bonus point with that. In the live game, uh, Worcester entertained Was and went down twenty two points to seven. Yeah, I think pretty disappointed, really. Um, having played Wasp the week before and having seen what Worcester can do and have done in their first few opening rounds, probably expected a little bit more for them. And then when you speak to the players, you saw some of their post-match interviews. Actually, they were really disappointed that they didn't give Wasp the game that they felt they could. Um, but Wasp's in true fashion, you know, strong outside backs now, as we know, with the Sevens girls signing there, um, took their opportunities. And that's a big uh, win for Wasp away. Yeah, certainly is. Because the heartbreak against Sale was postponed due to the uh, the COVID situation. Uh, Saracen 72, DMP Sharks weren't able to trouble the scorer. And an emotional day for Tamara Taylor. Yeah, big day for Tamara. Obviously, now she's signed at Saracens and, and that's where her next kind of um, opportunity is because of what happened with um, DMP where they didn't re-sign her and, and have her which is you know mind-blowing to, to everybody why they wouldn't want to have tomorrow involved um, so tough for her because obviously that's a club that she holds dear to her heart a lot of players would have been playing that she would have been working with over the years um, so really tough for her but what a way for her to go out you know, her first start, her first full game as well since um, injuries that have struck um, for her. And then to get on the scoreboard twice, um, you know, it's definitely going to be a match that she doesn't forget for, for good and sad reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I personally have no knowledge of what went on. So we, you know, in the in the interest of fairness, someone from DMP wants to get in touch, come on the pod and explain from their point of view. Um, same with, with, with Tamara, no problem 
at all. Um, just from the outside, that's what it seems. Uh, a, a great a great loss for a club of need of, of some experience. Your side, Harlequins against Exeter, 33 points to 14. Have you dried out yet? Yeah, look, really tough conditions to play in. We were at Surrey Sports Park and anybody who's played there knows that it's got a notorious, oh, the wind. horrible wind from the top. Um, whatever way you play up or down that pitch, um, you get caught in it and then the rain turned up. Um, but look, we we started fairly well against Exeter. One thing I will say about Exeter is that they're a really tough and physical side. Um, we created some opportunities, but we also um, kind of sat back and let them play than what we should have done and what we, we've been trying to implement into our game is really you know strengthening our def- defence and getting off the line and putting them under a lot of pressure. But, you know, it was quite promising to, for a brand new side, some really good signings, some, you know, players that we know quite a bit about. Um, and, you know, talking to Amy Garnett after the game, you know, she felt that that was probably not their best performance and to, to pull two tries at the end, they'll go, they'll be leaving Surrey Sports Park on a, on a high with that. Um, but yeah, tough side. It was exciting to play against a new outfit. Um, and yeah, I, I do think there's big things to come for that team and, and teams do need to watch out for them. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the DMP results so far this season and, and a brand new club in, in, in Exeter and, and indeed Sale, yeah, on paper, 33-14 against yeah, star-studded Captain Fantastic Leadham three from three um, Harlequin side. Um, that's a really good result on paper. You're going to retire now. That's it. Three from three. Done. Hang up the armband. <laughs> Season done. Retire on 2020 in the year 2020. Job done. Harlequins have just announced um, Kirsten Stommer has returned the USA Eagles back rower. Um, really excited to have. Well, we know her as Pony back in the team. An absolute workhorse. And um, she's got a hell of a voice on her. So maybe we'll get her on to sing one day. Oh, that kind of voice. Yes, that kind of voice. Not a talking voice. Oh my Singing god! Voice. I'm just seeing now, Anna Capus on guitar, duet Beckett. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going into band Horrible. management. <laughs> Enough of this podcasting. Let's go into band management. Staying on the uh, Alliance Premier Fifteens, it was announced this week that uh, every game's going to have some highlights, which I think is um, yeah, a step forward. Plus, one game around is going to be streamed by the RFU on, on their websites and and social media channels as well. To start, we'll say that. It's, a, it's definitely a start. I think, you know, there's definitely an appetite and it's just a shame that we're not in a position where every game can be streamed and, and fair play to the likes of Sal Sharks and Saracens who have been streaming it themselves to make sure that their fan base are seeing their players play. Um, but yeah, it's great to know the highlights package is coming on so you get an opportunity to see what's happening in all the games. Um, but you know what? It's just so great how many people are reaching out, being like, "Is your game being streamed? We really want to watch it." Like, there's so many girls out there that are desperate to watch us play. Um, we just hope that this is the start, and there's there is a lot more to come. Uh, staying with England, England captain Sarah Hunter is going to pay for free school meals at her former school. Yeah, this selfless England captain has just announced that she'll cover the cost of vouchers for every family entitled to them over the half-term holiday at Benton Dean Primary. Uh, it says everything about the woman you, you need to know. Staying on the theme of results, semi-finals, the Farah Palmer Cup. 
Yeah, we've, we've, we've got the final that we probably should have, haven't we, Burford? The two unbeaten sides because Waikato beat Manawa 2, 31 points to 14, and Canterbury beat Auckland 36 21 in those semi finals. As I say, those two unbeaten sides will meet uh, next Saturday in Christchurch, the final that uh, we probably all expected. Yeah, pretty exciting. I think you were going, you were back in Kendra and Canterbury, and I was back in Waikato and um, Stacey. But yeah, I think both class out- outfits, you know, plenty of experience and wealth in both sides. So it's going to be an unbelievable game. You know, Canterbury have been on a bit of a um, a run of winning this uh, the Farah Palmer Cup. So I think, you know, Waikato have been performing consistently producing some really good results so I you know I don't think it's a full-blown conclusion as it has been over the years no indeed I, 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 I would I would agree with you but I'm still back in Kendra and hopefully fingers crossed she's going to come on the pot as well so yes you'll have to eat some eat some humble pie because you'll have bet, bet against her <laughs> uh, did you see that wonderful I know she's been on the pot a couple of times just a few weeks back Stacey Flula Oh, friend, great, amazing photograph of her scoring underneath the, the post, one of her two tries, with that great big beaming smile. If you ever get a chance to speak to Stacey Fluid on Zoom, do it, because her entire screen is filled up with a smile. Absolutely wonderful. Staying in New Zealand, they've announced a three-match series, which includes the Possibles against the Probables. That's on the 7th of November at the North Harbour Stadium. The Black Ferns against the New Zealand Barbarians on the 14th of November, Waitakere, and on the 21st of November in Nelson. They're all live on Sky Sports. We don't really need to say that anymore for New Zealand's coverage of women's rugby, do we? Pretty much everything's live on Sky Sports at the moment. Just not quite sure why it's so difficult for a broadcaster to show some gumption uh, and get on board by broadcasting some women's rugby in this country. Anyway, off my high horse. News from the World Cup berth. So the Women's Rugby World Cup draw has been announced and confirmed for the 20th of November using the rankings for the first time. Nine of the 12 teams have already qualified, hosting and defending champions New Zealand, runners-up in 2017 England, third place to France, USA, Canada, Australia, Wales, Fiji and South Africa. Remember those three remaining places will be filled by a qualifier from Asia and Europe together with the winner of the final qualification tournament a first for Rugby World Cup, offering teams a second chance to qualify. So how it works, those rankings will be used to determine the draw seedings and bands for the seven direct qualifiers into bands one to three, with the five teams to emerge from the qualification process to be placed in bands three and four. And these are all decided pre-COVID. So those bands are as such. In band one, New Zealand, England and Canada. Band two, France, Australia and USA. Band three, Wales, that European qualifier number one, South Africa, and in band four, that Asian qualifier, Fiji, and the final qualifier winner. But off the back of that, literally moments after we finished recording last week, the European rugby tournament was cancelled. That has huge implications on those World Cup qualifiers. There's been no announcement yet as to how we're going to do that. Basically, theme of that was the likes of Germany, Spain, Netherlands, Sweden, teams like that were going to play and then they would have gone into a little mini tournament 5th, 12th and 19th of December against Italy, Ireland and Scotland. So we don't quite know what's going to happen with that and of course of that game between Scotland and Italy is doubling up as a World Cup qualifier on the 6th of December. So the news is it's even murkier and muddier than we know. 
yeah, we literally can't say much more than that. It is a real shame that it's not providing those countries a, a real opportunity and, and, you know, the potential of it having to, to be looked at rankings. Um, but, you know, World Rugby are dealing with so much at the moment with, with everything that's going on. Um, we just need the best, the, the top and the best 12 teams there um, based on history. Absolutely. And... Yeah, we've had South Africa involved in World Cups before. It's really, really good to see that announcement on their social media channels this week that they're together for a six-week training period. So that was really, really good to see ahead of, of next year's World Cup. Some breaking news just coming out of Italy. All contact sport in Italy will cease apart from professional football. So the Women's Championship has been suspended until the 24th of January. And at present, the Italian team remain in camp and international games will go ahead and the rules will be revised on the 24th of November. Of course, we'll keep you up to date with any advancements on that going forward. Of course, those crucial Six Nations slash World Cup qualifying games coming up for Italy. Rugby Academy and Ireland, the under-20s trial now has moved to Sunday the 13th of December. Kilashi House in Nass County Kildare and due to the great response they've had over there there will now be two trials that day to accommodate everyone applications are still live until Friday the 23rd of October 5pm we don't talk much about uh, men's rugby on this podcast otherwise we wouldn't be doing what we say on the tin would we Berth but um, there was a lady involved in men's rugby this weekend who got a little bit of slice of history yeah, we had another bit of history by a female official, Diane Zambulis, made history as she was the first woman to be the sighting commissioner in the Premiership final. We just want to take a moment on the pod to send all our love and support to Jessica Pardo-Alvarez, one of the Worcester players. She's come through the centre of excellence there at a really, really challenging time being diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. The women wore blue laces at the weekend and it'll be a feature of the men's and women's sides just showing their continued support for Jess and her loved ones. Uh, Jess, during these incredibly challenging times, has chosen to support the Matt Davis Foundation, a foundation that helps young people and their families who are diagnosed with cancer. There will be lots and lots of fundraising events uh, and activities in the coming months. So please, please be across the uh, Worcester Warriors social teams and website uh, to get involved in those. I'm Rachel Malcolm and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Absolutely delighted to welcome Leinster and Ireland prop Lindsay Pete onto the pod. Lindsay, how are you? Good morning. Are you well? How are the bumps and bruises? Good morning, Johnny. I am fabulous. No, I'm feeling a little bit more human this morning. I couldn't <laughs> have said the same for the last two days, but this morning I'm feeling back to myself, thankfully. Great. And a, and a really tough old game of the weekend, which, of, uh, of course, Ireland came through uh, uh, over Italy. How, how, was the, how was the game for you? Um, I can't lie. The first 20 minutes, honestly, I thought my lungs were going to fall out my backside. I was just like, oh, God, this is some speed. And, you know, you're never, no matter how much you train, you're never, never ready for a test rugby, are you? Um, over here in Ireland, we have, it's funny, the Gaelic football is like, you have a league and then you go into championship and the league is sort of, you know, you plateau, but championship, you know, you go into these, you like rocket into 
testing your fitness and your skill levels and that's exactly what happened on Saturday so um, we've been putting in a lot of work but you know it was always going to be uh, a good test uh, where we were at and certainly the first 20 minutes we had to batten down the hatches take what anything and everything that history threw at us and uh, thankfully we were able to to turn it into a, a nice and much needed win. Did, did, does that give you confidence not not only physically because we, we know how physical uh, Italy are you know you only have to look at uh, Giada Franco to uh, to know just how physical they are Rigoni in the centres and what have you but also mentally after such a long layoff to actually stay in that fight and say you know no we can we can get through this we can ride the storm and then come out the other side absolutely I think you know we we talk a lot in elite sports about building character and and team character and there's no better character building exercise than really having your backs against the wall and everybody joining forces and, and trying to keep the Italians out so listen it was for everybody for the world it's just been a crazy couple of months and no more than the our rugby family across the world trying to keep everyone fit and healthy and safe and and I didn't think we were going to get back on a pitch to be honest in 2020 so um, Saturday was a bonus and, and uh, obviously looking forward to France this weekend there's another bonus and what better preparation for hopefully the World Cup qualifiers? You never know where you're at training wise. And then we had a couple of months where we weren't together and people were training at their back gardens, you know, having their nieces and nephews using them for squatting exercises or whatever they could find, really, that was wasted. So, um, huge testament to our girls for the shape they come back in and, and believing in it and sticking with it. There's a telling part for me, and, and I, I've commented on it saying about, you know, I wish Italy could just finish a bit because it could have been a really, like a really tight game but I think there was a real telling bit where they were in your 22 for probably about what felt like about 15 or 16 phases and um, I believe, I think it was the other prop um, Dugan oh, What's her name? Dugan um, that got the turnover and I think that those kind of moments are, are massive in international rugby and you talk about that kind of the the mental side of it and the psychological side of it like that's such a big boost for a side when you're under the pump under the pressure is that are these kind of some of the things that you've been working on in your lockdown and during camps and things like has there been some specific things that you guys are trying to change so maybe a defense or or an attacking player or anything like that well, certainly in defence, Kieran Hallett, I must give huge credit to who's come in. He works with Leinster Academy. He's obviously an ex-player himself with extra chiefs and Cornish Pirates. So um, he's really set out the stall and our foundations for um, for our defence. And I think you could see that on Saturday, our line integrity, our line speed, our fluidity around the rook. Um, so they're things that we've he's, he's put in place and they're, they're non-negotiables. And I think... Um, you know, it's very cliche to say, but defence wins games. And I think, as I said, you know, I have to give huge credit. I, I really like the Italians. I think they're um, a lovely team. They played some really nice rugby, you know, even doing the analysis on them. You, you can't blame yourself for getting caught into some of the nice plays that, you know, they try and run and they really try and play uh, the game the way it should be. So um, huge credit to them. But again, huge credit to us to sticking with our systems, believing in them. As, as I said, you felt it was 16 minutes of defence. So I was like, oh my God, this is never <laughs> ending. Um, and you know yourself. Yeah, it takes a lot out of your birth and you, you just don't want to be, yeah, it gives you that energy playing defence, but it's like a couple of phases and you, you feed off yeah. energy. You go back into attack, not like, oh, feed on the energy to take a deep breath to go again. But um I think, yeah, the Italians will probably look at their review and sort of say they could be kicking themselves and probably should have had at least one more try in the first half. Italy are actually um, 
in previous years when we when we play against Italy and you do your analysis on them, it's actually quite difficult to because they're so unpredictable. And um, yeah. one of the things that they've got ball players across the whole part, they've got a lot of players who like to keep the ball. So sometimes you can go in with a plan of this is how we're going to defend and they could turn up with something completely different. And I think that's the beauty in a little bit about Italy. Um, but certainly, like, as you said, like I think defence wins game. And I think that did that game for you. I think there was a few opportunities that you had and you absolutely took them. And again, that kind of shows the experience of Ireland and, and where we've known Ireland to be in previous years. Um, yeah. So have you guys got a couple of um, things that you're focusing on going into this weekend? I think for now, thankfully, the lads just sort of said, you know, great win. We always knew it was going to be rusty. I think that's the thing about, um, and you know yourself, like to have test games and review them and try and find new combinations. And that's sort of the key to these two games for us is that you're trying to obviously get people game time and might need them. Then you're trying to look at different combinations that you're trying to cement down. And you're trying to do that over two games before we go into these, you know, very, very three important games for us. So um, right now, the lads said just switch off. We we do a hot review. We do a cold review and we'll um, we'll get that in by Wednesday night. We, we communicate sort of through huddle, which is our after in the week. And we'll do our reviews that way. So for now, we'll have to look at Italy, look what we did well, look what we did wrong. And then we'll take both of them and, and sort of fine tune them before we go in and face um, a wounded French team. For the weekend, who will come to Dublin, looking to to probably right the wrongs of a lot of um, maybe feedback from uh, a very very good result for Scotland. Yeah, it was wasn't it? Um, I I just wanted to to just go back. We talked a lot, a lot about defence, but a couple of weeks shy of your twenty <clears> first <throat> uh, birthday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, uh, you become the, the, the oldest player to score a Six Nations try, beating Claire Flowers' previous record for Wales in 2012. So not only a try, but an assist as well. Look at you go, showing the young pups how to do it. Listen, I'm 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 hoping it's not just a flash in the pan, Johnny. That's what I'm I'm nervous about. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, now the pressure. Um, no, I have to say the probably talent track for me was uh, I had six passes in that game and they were all positive passes. We were probably not used to finding that from probably a prop. But that's, um, yeah, listen, any time you get on the score sheet uh, is, is obviously a bonus. And then for the assist was great. As I said, Claire Malloy, looking at the video, was lining up behind me to clear clear the rook. And she, had, she did all game, looking for work, looking for work. And then thankfully she came and I could get my hands free and, and offload the ball. And she showed great... Um, Dance, the feet, uh, hand-eye coordination, you name it. Every skill was tested before she got the, the ball down. It was a huge turnaround for us. I think it was the 37 minute and then just on the cusp of half time. So we certainly went in the more relieved team. And then I think that invigorated us. I think in the second half, we, we were guilty as well of some uh, poor execution that would have probably helped us. You know, we're probably selfishly, as I say here, looking back at it, we would have liked the bonus point uh, win just for confidence but uh, look we're, we're, we're more than happy with the win for now but uh, you'll always look for what you can do better and um, you know I certainly need to to follow Claire Malloy with her work at, at the breakdown and, and probably get on be a bit more effective in, in defence so I said I'll take the positive but always looking for, for more work and where areas that I can improve especially at this old age because I'm under a microscope <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I mean Claire Malloy's stats were, were off the chart I mean, considering Though he's been been out for a year, um, just mainly doodling for a year. No, tra- 
training to training to be a, a doctor, but when I seventy cap player of the match, she, she was outstanding. Well, I just wanted to ask you about your personally about your ball in hand work because it's been a feature of your game for a very, very long time, club or country or province and country, I should say. How how hard do you work on that, and how hard do you work on that as a, a as, as an eight? Well, it's funny you see. I suppose my um, my foundations are from basketball, and I, I'm a point guard, so everything from a basketball stance used to come through me. Um, so I find I found it very hard when I came in as a loose head pop to be like, oh no, you just you're a little basically a wrecking ball, and and these are the jobs you do, and um, to not be in with the fun of of what Rachel does at centre, and you know trying to open up defences with you know, slick moves and passes really, really, like, I can't lie, frustrated me. And it took me a long time to sort of buy in. Um, thankfully, with Leinster, one of my, my all-time favourite games was against um, Harlequins last year in Twickenham, where I got to play at, at six and really got to have that fun. And it was probably one of my, honestly, one of my proudest days and probably one of my best games of rugby. Um, you know, I got on so much ball and I just, I just, it was the most enjoyable game. And I had been out with a, a neck injury and I had missed the trip, the training camp to France. I'd missed the, the Wales game and I didn't know whether this thing was going to really end my career. But um, thankfully, you know, hard to keep, hard to, hard to get rid of a bad thing. So, uh, yeah, it was a nice, it was just a real baptism of fire to reignite um, the motivation, you know, because injury brings us, and I know Rachel was out for a long time, it just brings you to a dark place where you need to, every bit of motivation every friend and family around you just to keep keep getting you through it so um no i love it but i have to keep concentrating on what the mix of what my job is as a loose head and and when's the time to really get involved in the as i said the more exciting stuff um and thankfully i showed hopefully glimpses of that against Sicily. and as i said hopefully it's not flashing the pan and we can keep working on those good points this little block with france and those world cup qualifiers Again, we're not quite sure, are we, with the European competitions being cancelled and, and what have you. It's it's so fluid. Um, mm. If we're honest, the Irish rugby uh, women's side has sort of dipped, been sort of, I don't know, from the outside, it seems a little rudderless for for a season or two. And that the, the, the ship seems to be sort of turning in the right direction again. Just how important is the next five, six weeks for, for Irish women's rugby? Um, it's huge. Like you said, we were rudderless. And that will happen... I think you don't see it as much in the men's game now because of, of, of where it is has embedded its youth and its systems and its school systems. And there's a nice fluidity from all the structures that are in from sort of uh, grassroots up. And we're starting to obviously embed that over here so that we don't have that issue when that players retired, you know, the exceptional squad in 2014 that got us to a World semi-final that, you know, when we lose those players that we just don't have players ready to step into those shoes and I think that's been the focus to try and um, you know get new caps blood them because there's such a disparity between our club you know club level here right now you know there's huge work being done and we're making huge strides but and um, you know the problem is like international is continuing to grow as we can see at, a, at an you know astronomical rate and you're trying to follow that up with club so um, yeah we were rudderless has been it took a lot of I suppose looking at ourselves and reviewing ourselves and, and being harsh on ourselves, both from a coaching point and a player point and just, you know, making a promise to ourselves to give it the best crack. So we targeted three home wins in this set, Six Nations in preparation, you know, and two obviously then performances against, you know, France and England, who are obviously in the top three in the world. So 
you know, that was our target. That's what we've stuck with now. We, we'd be very happy to get a performance and anything after that is a bonus on Sunday against France. But they will give us a huge um, clarity around where we are um, going into these World Cup qualifiers. Um, I think we've come a long way, but I think there's still a lot more in us, if I'm honest. And that's where you can't replicate a training what you get in test mas- matches. Um, and as I said, we've seen Hannah come in as a new 10. We'd uh, continuing with the, the centre partnership between Enya and Sene. Uh, we blooded Casey O'Dwyer at Loosehead. Um, a second row partnership that hadn't been there in a long time. So, as I said, you're trying to use the games wisely to, to prepare and, and that's what the management are doing to try and, you know, settle their squad for, for the World Cup qualifiers. And it'll be tough because obviously now the sevens aren't on the circuit. Or, you know, they're available as well and, you know, so um, for now, all we can do is concentrate on our work-ons as players and keep doing what we're doing and, and keep trying to strive to push the, the standards and the boundaries and, and what we can improve on. <clears throat> Lindsay, that's, yeah, uh, 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 yeah, enjoying watching the sort of things coming back together. And, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned that Lens to Harlequins. It was uh, a, an unbelievable occasion. And, and I hope that Sunday is an unbelievable occasion as well. We will thank you very, very much for yeah. your time. Really, really nice to to meet you over over Zoom. That's the way to do it nowadays, isn't it? But, you too. Uh, well done against Absolutely. Italy. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Really, really like the way Lindsay plays the game. Just doesn't matter about age, does it, when you when you've clearly got that much passion, not only for your country, uh, your province, but also the game of rugby. That's what shone through for me there, Berth. And she's, yeah, she, she's doing it. And, um, you know, I, I said 21st birthday, but she's, you know, a couple of weeks off being 40. Uh, yeah, it's difficult to, to get the body going at uh, that kind of age and, and mentally get up for it as well. Well, I don't actually think there's any research to support this ageism, right? Everyone just has an opinion that because you're a bit older that you can't get moving and stuff. And whereas Lindsay Pete is clearly showing it has nothing to do with that. If you look after yourself, you look after your body, then you're going to be in great nick. And having played against her, she is one of the toughest people to play against. She's definitely not going soft each year she gets older. Um, but yeah, it's just really good to chat to her there and hear the honest reflections about um, what Ireland are looking at themselves for against Italy. They know that actually... You know, if Italy did finish and looked after the ball a little bit, uh, could have been in a lot of trouble. So it's good to hear that, that, you know, they're not looking back and thinking, oh, yeah, we won the game. And, and the score sheet can look like it was quite comfortable. Uh, one of those was a penalty try as well. So it wasn't it wasn't easy. Um, but it's good to hear that you know, the players have gone away. They're looking at each other. They're focusing on this weekend. I guess the interesting thing will be their selection and, and what are they going to, what are they trying to get out of this weekend? Are they trying to look at new combinations, look at a few sevens girls coming in, or are they going to go with the same side to see where they're at as this starting team going into those qualifiers? Because that, for me, you know, the Six Nations is important and nobody's not going to play with the with the right mindset that what's at stake this weekend. But for, for Ireland, for Scotland, for Italy, it is all about building towards those qualifiers. I'm Jill Burns and you're listening to the wonderful Women's Rugby Pod. So that's about it for yet another hugely packed show on the Women's Rugby Pod this week. But to remind you a couple of things, to remind you a few shout-outs as well to finish up our competition. To win a revolutionary pair of Ida boots, specially designed for women athletes, 
Uh, and a reminder that the winners will be announced next week on the pod. So get in touch through our socials to enter that competition. Yeah, and also remember Community Corner, come on the pod or tell us your story and we'll share it on the pod. It was really great to hear from Hannah this week. Bina Chadda has also been in touch. Metropolitan Police ladies are recruiting. Although you don't have to be ex-police, they train on a Monday night in a fun and safe environment. 7.15 start at Ember Court, East Mosley, KT80BT. Yeah, great ground down there, Ember Court. Another bit of news as well, Gloucestershire Rugby are looking to fill coaching and management positions for their under-15 and under-18 girls' sides. So if you fancy that, get in touch with them. Just remains for us to say a big, big thank you to Larger Than Life, Shona Power Hughes, to Simon Middleton, to Lindsay Peake. What brilliant guests they were on our 50th episode. And thank you to you, Berth. I know it's more than 50 episodes. It's a lot more than that tipping sort of almost a hundred guests now but um uh, well done you let me echo that back to you johnny thanks for all your hard work um it's been a great time uh, recording this pod but there's plenty more to go so with on that note make sure you subscribe make sure you follow us on social media let's keep building and growing the women's rugby pod yeah the more support we get in terms of likes and, and subscribers and ratings and that kind of stuff. That means we can just bring you even more content, which we'd really, really love to do, but uh, restricted by by various bits and pieces. We've got day jobs ourselves. But uh, yeah, thank you for all your support. Thank you for listening. But before we go, we've got to get your Six Nations predictions, Berth. England, Italy. England. Bye. Bye, 15. France, Ireland. France by 12. Yeah, I think they'll be hurting, won't they? Uh-huh. Yeah, we... uh, yeah. and I, I think Ireland, they didn't they didn't look too good at the weekend. So I'm a bit concerned for them. Whole weeks together as well. And Wales, Scotland? Oh, well, yeah, I'm going to back Scotland. The way that they played last weekend, they're going to be actually on a, an emotional high full of confidence and with absolutely nothing to lose. And I just think, yeah, I, I can't see the way that they played against France. I can't see how Wales are going to live with them. There you are. Very, very brave to say that now that Shona's off the pod. Well done you, Berth. <laughs> Another bumper show for you next week. Berth, tell our good listeners, our loyal following out there, the millions who we've got on next week. Yeah, another exciting lineup. We've got Seni Nayapu from Ireland coming on to talk about the weekend. We've Legend. got Sarah Beckett, England and Harlequins. And we're going to the other side of the world to talk about the Farah Palmer Cup and who has won. We don't know yet, but Johnny's back, Kendra. So we've got Kendra Cottage from New Zealand on. And of course, she, she will have won a fourth title in a row and you'll be having to do a forfeit chosen by one of our listeners that's next week can't oh, wait right. Oh, right. you just shot that in there well okay no you said I'll it last week now they know that it's between you and me who they've got a bet on they're going to even play even harder now yeah I, I, I don't think we should big ourselves up that much <laughs> we'll be back with you next week with all the reviews and previews and news from another action packed weekend of women's rugby until next time